Hey everyone and welcome to episode 27 of The Curious Dragon. The wheel of the year has turned and this episode we will take a look at Samhain or otherwise known as Samhain. We will look at some of its history too. So for Druids, Wiccans, Heathens, Pagans and us Witches the big celebration of the year has come around once more. Samhain, this is a Gaelic festival, marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter or darker half of the year. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, Samhain is held on the 1st of November, but the celebrations begin on the evening of the 31st of October as the Celtic day began and ended at sunset. This is about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. It's also one of the four quarter days that's associated with Gaelic seasonal festivals, along with Imbolc, Beltane and Lunasar. Historically, it was widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland and the Isle of Man. In Wales, it's known as Calangef in Cornwall, and Brittany, it's known as Calanguav. Samhain is believed to have Celtic pagan origins and also some Neolithic passage tombs in Ireland are aligned with the sunrise at the time of Samhain. It is first mentioned in the earliest Irish literature from the 9th century and is also associated with many important events in Irish mythology. In the early literature it says that Samhain was marked by great gatherings and feasts and was when the ancient burial mounds were open which were seen as portals to the other worlds. Some of the literature also associates Samhain with bonfires and sacrifices. The festival did not begin to be recorded in detail until the early modern era. It was when the cattle brought down from the summer pastures and also when livestock were slaughtered. Just as what was done at Beltane, special bonfires were lit. These were also deemed to have both protective and cleansing powers and there were rituals involving them too. Like Beltane, Samhain is a liminal or threshold festival when the boundary between this world and the other world thinned, meaning that the AOC, the spirits and fairies, could more easily come into our world. Most scholars see the AOC as remnants of pagan gods. At Samhain they were appeased with offerings of food and drink. This was to ensure the people and their livestock survived the winter. The souls of dead kin or family were also thought to revisit their homes, seeking hospitality and a place was set at the table for them during a Samhain meal.
Mamin and Geisin were part of the festival from at least in the early modern era whereby people went door to door in costume and also reciting verses in exchange for food. The costumes may have been a way of imitating and disguising oneself from the ARC. Divination was also a big part of the festival and would often involve nuts and apples. In the late 19th century, John Rees and James Fraser suggested it was the Celtic New Year, but this is disputed. Then, in the 9th century, the church had shifted the date of All Saints Day to November the 1st, while November the 2nd later became All Souls Day. Over time, it is believed that Samhain and also All Saints and All Souls Days influenced each other and would eventually syncretized into the modern Halloween. Folklorists have used the name Samhain to refer to the Gaelic Halloween customs up until the 19th century. Since the latter part of the 20th century, Celtic neo-pagans and Wiccans have observed Samhain, or something based on it, as a religious holiday. Irish Mythology So, Irish mythology was originally a spoken tradition, but much of it was eventually written down in the Middle Ages by Christian monks. Irish mythology says that Samhain was one of the four seasonal festivals of the year, and in the 10th century tale, the Wuwin of Ima lists Samhain as the first of these four quarter days. The literature says that a peace would be declared, and there were great gatherings where meetings were held, and there was feasting and drinking of alcohol, and also there was contests held. These gatherings are a popular setting for early Irish tales. The tale, Cormac's Avenger, says that the Feast of Tara was held every seventh Samhain, and hosted by the High King of Ireland, during which new laws and duties were ordained. Anyone who broke the laws established during this time would be banished. According to Irish mythology, Samhain, just like Beltane, was a time when the doorways to the other world opened and allowing supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world. While Beltane was a summer festival for the living, Samhain was essentially a festival for the dead. The Boyhood Deeds of Finn says that the she fairy mounds or portals to the other world were always open at Samhain. Each year the fire breather Eileen emerges from the other world and then burns down the palace of Tara during the Samhain festival after lulling everyone to sleep with his music. Once Samhain, the young Finn Mac 
Kumhail is able to stay awake where he is then where he then slays Eileen with a magical spear for which he is then made leader of the Fianna in a similar tale when Sawin, the other world being Kuldu comes out of the burial mound on Slevenamon and then snatches up a roast pig. Finn kills Kuldu with a spear throw as he re-enters the mound. Finn's thumb is caught between the door and the post as it shuts and he puts it in his mouth to ease the pain. But, as his thumb had been inside the other world, Finn is now bestowed with great wisdom. This may also refer to gaining knowledge from the ancestors. A Callum na Senorach, Colloquy of the Elders, tells how three female werewolves emerge from the cave of Kruakan, also another world portal, each Samhain and kills livestock. But when Cas Korach plays his harp, they then take on human form, and then the Fianna warrior, Kelty, slays them with a spear. Some tales suggest that offerings or sacrifices were made at Samhain, in the Book of Invasions, each Samhain, the people of Nemeth, had to give two-thirds of their children, their corn and their milk, to the monstrous Fomarians. The Fomarians seem to represent the harmful or destructive powers of nature, personifications of chaos, darkness, death, blight and drought. This tribute paid by Nemeth people may also represent a sacrifice offered at the beginning of winter when the powers of darkness and blight are in the ascendant. According to the later Disinachas and the Pinnacle of the Four Masters sorry for the pronunciation which were written by the Christian monks Samhain is in ancient Ireland was associated with a god or idol called Kronkruch. The texts claim that a firstborn child would be sacrificed at the stone idol of Kronkruch in Machlet. They say that King Tigmas and also three-fourths of his people died while worshipping Kronkruch there on Samhain. The legendary king Diamit Mac Saville and Miakatich Mac Acker, again sorry for the pronunciation, will each die a threefold death on Samhain, which involves wounding, burning and drowning, and of which they are forewarned. In the tale, the destruction of Da Durga's hostel, the king, Connemore, also meets his death on Samhain after the breaking of prohibitions or taboos 
he is warned of the, his impending doom by three undead horsemen who are messengers of Don, God of the Dead. In the boyhood deeds of Finn, this tells how each Samhain the men of Ireland went to Wu, a beautiful maiden who lives in the fairy mound on Krogan Hill. It says that someone would be killed to mark the occasion by persons unknown. Some academics suggest that these tales recall human sacrifice and argue that several ancient Irish bog bodies appear to have been kings who were ritually killed, some of them around the time of Samhain. In The Adventure of Nera, King Alil of Connacht sets his retinue a test of bravery on Samhain night. He offers a prize to whoever can make it to the gallows and kill, then tie a band around a hanged man's ankle. Each challenger is thwarted by demons and runs back to the king's hall in fear. Nera succeeds and the dead man then asks for a drink. Nera carries him on his back and they then stop at three houses. They enter the third house where the dead man drinks and spits it on the householders, killing them. On returning, Nera sees a fairy host burning the king's hall and then slaughtering those inside. He follows the host through a portal into the other world. Nera learns that what he saw was only a vision of what will happen on the next Samhain, unless something is done. Nera then returns to the hall where he then warns the king. Historic Customs Samhain was one or Samhain was one of the four main festivals of the Gaelic calendar, marking the end of the harvest and the beginning of the winter. Samhain customs are also mentioned in several of the medieval texts. In Kukulain's sickbed, it is said that the festival of Yulaid at Samhain lasted a week. Samhain itself and the three days before and after. It involved great gatherings at which they held their meetings, feasted, drank alcohol and held contests. The Togel Brudin da Durga notes that the bonfires were lit at Samhain and the stones cast into the fires. It is mentioned in Geoffrey Keating's book For as Fisa are Erin, sorry for the pronunciation, written in the early 1600s, draws on earlier medieval sources, but some are unknown. He claims that the face of Tara was held for a week, every third Samhain, where the nobles and Olams of Ireland met to lay down and also renew the laws and to feast. He also claims that the Druids lit a sacred bonfire at and made sacrifices to the gods and sometimes by burning their sacrifices. He adds that all other fires were doused and then relit from this bonfire. Ritual bonfires. Similar to Beltane, 
bonfires were lit on hilltops at Samhain and there were rituals involving them. However, by the modern era, they are, they are now most common in parts of the Scottish Highlands on the Isle of Man, also in North and Mid Wales and in parts of Ulster. F. Marion McNeil says that a force fire or need fire was the traditional way of lighting them but also notes that the this method gradually died out. It is suggested that the fires were a kind of imitative or sympathetic magic. They mimicked the sun, helping the powers of growth and the holding back the decay and darkness of winter. They may also have served to symbolically burn up and destroy all harmful influences. Accounts from the 18th and 19th century suggest that the fires, as well as their smoke and ashes, were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers. People also took flames from bonfire back to their homes. In parts of Scotland, torches of burning fir or turf were carried sunwise around their homes and fields to protect them. In some places, people doused their hearth fires and on Samhain night, each family then solemnly relit its hearth from the communal bonfire, so bonding the community together. Divination the bonfires were also used in divination rituals, but not all divination involved fire. In 18th century Octatire, a ring of stones, one for each person, was laid round the fire, perhaps on a layer of ash. Everyone then ran round the fire with a torch, exulting in the morning the stones were examined and if any was mislaid it was said that the person it represented would not live up the year. A similar custom was observed in Northern Wales and also Brittany. James Fraser says that this may have come from an older custom of actually burning them or may have always been symbolic divination has likely been a part of the festival since ancient times and it has survived in some rural areas. At household festivities throughout the Gaelic regions and Wales there were many rituals intended to divine the future of those who gathered especially with regard to death and marriage. Apples and hazelnuts were often used in these divination rituals or games. In Celtic mythology, apples were strongly associated with the other world and immortality, while hazelnuts were associated with divine wisdom. One of the most common games was apple bobbing. Another involved hanging a small wooden rod from the ceiling at head height, with a lit candle on one end and an apple hanging from the other. The rod was spun round and everyone took turns to try to catch the apple with their teeth. 
apples were peeled in one long strip, the peel tossed over the shoulder, and its shape was said to form the first letter of the future spouse's name. Two hazelnuts were roasted near a fire, one for the person roasting them and one for the person they desired. If the hazelnuts jumped away from the heat, it was a bad sign, but if the two hazelnuts roasted quietly, it foretold a good match. Items were hidden in food, usually a cake, brambach, cranacran, champ or sowens, and portions of it was served out at random. A person's future was foretold by the item they happened to find. For example, a ring meant marriage and a coin meant wealth. A salty oatmeal bannock was baked and the person ate it in three bites then went to bed in silence without anything to drink. This was said to result in a dream in which their future spouse offers them a drink to quench their thirst. Egg whites were dropped in water and the shapes foretold the number of future children. Also, children would chase crows and divine some of these things from the number of birds or in the direction they flew. Spirits and Souls Samhain was seen as a liminal time when the boundary between this world and the other world could be more easily crossed. This meant that the AOC spirits or fairies could more easily come into our world. Many scholars see the AOC as remnants of the pagan gods and nature spirit. At Samhain it was believed that the AOC needed to be appropriated to ensure that the people and their livestock survived the winter. Offerings of food and drink would be left outside for the ARC and the portions of the crops might be left in the ground for them also. One custom described a blatant example of a pagan rite surviving into the Christian epoch was observed in the Outer Hebrides until the early 19th century. On the 31st of October, the locals would go down to the shore. One man would wade into the water up to his waist, where he would pour out a cup of ale and ask Sernade, whom he called God of the Sea, to bestow blessings on them. People also took special care not to offend the ARC and sought to ward off any who were out to cause mischief. They stayed near to home or, if forced to walk in the darkness, turned their clothing inside out or carried iron or salt to keep them at bay. The dead were also honoured at Samhain. The beginning of winter may have been seen as the most fitting time to do so, as it was a time of dying in nature. The souls of the dead were thought to revisit their home seeking hospitality. Places were set at the dinner table and also by the fire to welcome them. The belief that the souls of the dead return home 
on one night of the year and must be appeased seem to have ancient origins and is found in many cultures throughout the world. James Fraser suggests it was perhaps a natural thought that the approach of winter should drive the poor shivering hungry ghosts from the bare fields and the leafless woodlands to the shelter of the cottage. However, the the souls of thankful kin family could return to bestow blessings just as easily as that of a wronged person could return to wreak revenge. Mummin and Geisin Mummin and Geisin was a part of Samhain from at least the 16th century and was recorded in parts of Ireland, Scotland, Man and Wales. It involved people going from house to house in costume or disguise, usually reciting songs or verses in exchange for food. It may have evolved from a tradition whereby people impersonated the ARC or the souls of the dead and received offerings on their behalf. Also impersonating these spirits was also believed to protect oneself from them. S.V. Pedal suggests that the geysers personify the old spirits of the winter who demanded reward in exchange for good fortune. McNeil suggests that the ancient festival included people in masks or costumes representing these spirits and that the modern customs came from this. In Ireland, costumes were sometimes worn by those who went about before nightfall collecting for a Samhain feast. In parts of Southern Ireland, during the 19th century, the geysers also included a hobby horse known as the Lair Ban, or White Mare, a man covered in a white sheet and carrying a decorated horse skull representing Lair Ban and would lead a group of youths blowing on cow horns going from house to house. At each place they stopped, the the recited verses, some of which savoured strongly of paganism and the farmer was expected to donate food. So if the farmer donated food, he could expect good fortune from the Makola, but not doing so would bring misfortune. This is akin to the Mary Lloyd or Grey Mare procession in Wales which takes place at midwinter in Wales. The white horse is often seen as an omen of death. In some places, young people would also cross-dress. In Scotland, young men went house to house with masked, veiled, painted or blackened faces and often threatening to do mischief if they were not welcomed. This was common in the 16th century in the Scottish countryside and this persisted up into the 20th century. It is also suggested that the blackened faces come from using the bonfire ashes for protection. Elsewhere in Europe, costumes 
mumming and hobby horses were part of other yearly festivals. However, in the Celtic-speaking regions, they were particularly appropriate to a night upon which supernatural beings were said to be abroad and could be imitated or warded off by human wanderers. Celtic Revival During the late 19th century and early 20th century, Celtic Revival, there was an upswell of interest in Samhain and other Celtic festivals. Sir John Reith put forth that it had been the Celtic New Year. He also inferred it from the folklore in Ireland and Wales, which he felt was full of Halloween customs associated with new beginnings. He visited Man, and there he found that the Manx, sometimes called 31st of October, New Year's Night, or Hog Una. Now we take a look at all things that are associated with Samhain, and then finish with a Samhain prayer blessing. Samhain, Northern Hemisphere, the third and final fall harvest. This is the witch's new year, when the veil between worlds is at its thinnest. Date, sun transits 15 degrees Scorpio. Altar decorations and symbols. Acorns, apples, black candles, brooms, carved pumpkins. Cauldron, fall flowers and leaves. Nuts and berries. Photographs of deceased loved ones. Pomegranates. But please remember to place candles in safe area. And when finished with, please make sure the candle is put out. Animals. Bat, black cat, owl, raven. Colours and candles. Black, gold, orange, purple, silver, white. Crystals and stones. Aquamarine, bloodstone. Canalian, jet, obsidian, onyx, smoky quartz. Herbs and flowers. Allspice, broom. Calendula, cosmos, chrysanthemum, deadly nightshade, mandrake, mint. Nutmeg, rosemary, sage, thistle, wormwood. Trees. Apple. Hazel, oak, pomegranate. Incense and oils. Benzene. Copal, heliotrope. Mastic resin, sage, sandalwood, sweetgrass, wormwood. Also, please remember to place incense and oils in a safe place when lit then put out completely when finished with. Samhain Prayer Blessing The veil grows thin at the time of the dead as we honour our long-gone ancestors in whose footsteps we tread. Life retreats into the bulbs and the roots the time has passed for the flowers and the fruits. As leaves fall thick and carpet the ground, the Dark Mother waits 
in silence profound. Now is the time for the apple feasts. Time stands still for humans and beasts. Seek the wisdom of days gone by to deal with the past and let it lie. Face your shadow and accept your faults. Look now to the future to seek your results. Blessed be.